0: monetizing digital services since 2004, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, we your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. You enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Bill George about the emerging leader in finding your true north bill george welcome to the human capital innovations podcast
1: thank you john good to be with you
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Minneapolis. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about your book, True North, The Emerging Leader Edition. So we'll be exploring the emerging leader and finding your true north and the ins and outs of that and unpacking that together. As we get started, I wanted to share Bill's bio with everybody. Bill George is the former chairman and chief executive officer of Medtronic. He joined Medtronic in 1989 as president and chief operating officer was chief executive officer from 1991 to 2001, and board chair from 1996 to 2002. He is currently a senior fellow at Harvard Business School, where he has taught leadership since 2004. As I already mentioned, he is author of several books, including Discover Your True North and the Discover Your True North Fieldbook, Authentic Leadership, Seven Lessons for Leading in Crisis, and others. He served on the board of Goldman Sachs, ExxonMobil, and many others, and really has just accomplished so many things in his illustrious career. Uh, Bill, anything else you would like to highlight or share with the audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on further?
1: No, just that, uh, John, uh, I spent 33 years in business, put a 10-year limit on being CEO of Medtronic. And so when I finished that period, I said, what am I going to do next? And I decided, what the world's great gap is having uh, value-centered leaders, leaders that know their moral compass, know who they are, and can make a positive contribution to the world. We've got business schools that turned out a million managers in the last 20, 25 years, but we don't have nearly enough leaders. And so that's been my commitment for the last uh, two decades to try to help develop more leaders from CEOs all the way to people just starting their careers.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. And maybe we can start there. Uh, how, how do you differentiate managers from leaders? Obviously, there, it's a Venn diagram. There's some overlap and you need, good leaders need management skills and good managers need leadership skills. But how do you differentiate those two?
1: Well, basically, managers just do their job as they're told and they carry out function. I think leaders think about what the contribution they're going to make, their organization are going to make and how they're going to build a great organization that can make this world a better place for everyone. And they're li- led by a moral compass that's just by a set of accounting principles and i think that's a big difference so knowing uh, really thinking through how do i want to make a difference in the world through my organization
0: yeah yeah i like that and i think having a purpose driven organization having a social impact driven organization not only you know leads to cool things and good stuff uh more value to the market but it 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 attracts better people so you you have better teams you do uh, cooler things and and all around you know it's just a really great thing and I and I agree I think the way you're distinguishing between leadership and management you know I, I think of managers um they they tend to just kind of execute right and a lot of times they're executing on the direction of leaders uh, now that's not to say that they have to be mutually exclusive you can have managers who are in managerial roles that actually have a lot of leadership characteristics and attributes. And in fact, when that's the case, I think they tend to be far more effective <laughs> and, and leaders, uh, with, you know, purpose-driven, um, values-driven leadership that, you know, they need, uh, competencies and skills around managerial, you know, expertise as well. Uh, so, so there is overlap there, but I agree. I think the world needs more purpose-driven leaders and more value-based, uh, leaders. And we, we have plenty of, poor examples in the media where uh, leaders uh, fall short don't we
1: we certainly do i just uh doing a seminar earlier this morning about and uh, talked about credit suisse where had no leadership and here 176 167 year old organizations vanished over the weekend it's gone and uh you know what a tragedy that is. general electric gone because of poor leadership and so i, I think we need people that are committed and you mentioned purpose Today, the emerging leaders, the millennials, the Gen Xers, they don't want to work for your organization unless you have clarity of purpose. And they want to find a congruence, if you will, between their personal purpose and uh, the organization's purpose, where the values they believe in and what the values the organization espouses. And if you don't have a climate change, a diversity, equity, inclusion plan, and clarity of purpose, they don't want to work there. And so you said to get the best people. Yeah, to get the best people, you're going to have to uh, uh, be very clear about these things and you're going to have to have a leader. Someone wants to work for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just enough to espouse these things. So I think nowadays, most organizations, you know, have, you know, these types of public statements uh, and such, and they have the nice words on their website and, and whatnot, but you need leaders who actually live it right. And it needs to be baked into the organization. And so, You might be able to fool someone to come work for you because they feel like you're a purpose-driven organization, but it's not going to take long once they get there to realize whether you're actually walking the walk. And if you're not walking the walk, they're going to leave. So it's not just about attracting good people. It's about retaining good people uh, and then leveraging their capacities to help continue to build out the organization. Uh, And that just takes a commitment uh, to it, not just in word only, but in deed also. All right. So let's dive on into your book. Uh, tell us about True North. You're an author of many books, um, but why this specific book? Why now? Uh, and then we can start to unpack it and talk about some of the different uh, principles that you lay out.
1: Great, because we're going through a massive generational change in leadership. It's more than just going from the baby boomers to the Gen Xers and the millennials and the Gen Zs. I think it's much deeper than that. We've had uh Thanks to Jack Welch and many others, we had a command and control style of leadership. Maybe it came out of World War II, but for 50 years. And that is changing today. And uh, people don't want to work in a command and control organization. We had a tolerance of people who were very self-centered and did their own thing, uh, the icon of leaders, and that's going out. And so I think people want to work for someone that really cares about building an organization with purpose. And uh, they, and so I, I'm really encouraging the emerging leaders to step up and take charge now. I think it's time for this change to be accelerated. I think you mentioned a number of the disasters we've had. And most of those are caused by people that were very self, selfish, self-focused and let their organizations uh, uh, deteriorate over time. And so I think we need this new generation of leaders. And so I wrote the book, uh, the Emerging Leader Edition of True North to try to encourage everyone uh, particularly the emerging leaders uh, listening to this call uh, to step up now and take charge and you don 't have to be the CEO you can take charge at any level, and I think that's key uh, so we need you to to step up and uh, and be the kind of person that 's going to make a difference to have that purpose
0: uh clarity and and drive. Yeah. And I, and I really want to highlight what you just said, that anyone within an organization, regardless of position in the hierarchy, regardless of specific title or role, you can be a leader. You can have influence. You can drive things in a positive direction. You can be an agent for healthy change within your organization. That's all leadership. Uh, and, exactly. and so I'm a Finger. big... I'm a big advocate for everyone developing leadership competencies and capabilities. And you may never become the CEO. You may never become a C-suite executive and that's fine. Uh, You may be perfectly happy never even being a supervisor of other people, but you can still lead. You can still lead uh, even informally through influence within your teams, certainly within your homes, your communities. Uh, We just need more value-based leaders, period, regardless of where you happen to be at in the organization.
1: Boy, that's so well said. That's just perfect. I hope everyone on the call really takes that in because it's true. You can lead at any level.
0: All right, so let's unpack uh, some of what you have in your book. Uh, obviously, we don't have time to go through everything, but maybe are there three or four things that you would like to highlight uh, from as key components, key um, principles from your book, and we can discuss those?
1: Well, you know, before you can lead, Other people, you have to know how to lead yourself, and that's going to be the hardest person you ever did, because you've got to go back into understanding who you are. You get that understanding by understanding your life story, kind of ups and downs, if you will, of your life, and what I call crucibles, the most difficult time you ever had, because that's where all the pretense gets stripped away, and you forget about all the, the titles and where you went to school, and you get down to who am I. And i got to look myself in the mirror and figure that out. And until you figure out who you are, I don't think you can become a great leader. Once you figure that out, then you can figure out what's the purpose of my leadership. But you can't just go out and try to change the world until you can change yourself and know who you are. And I think that requires a high level of self-awareness and uh, and also leading with the heart. Today, it's not sufficient to lead with your just your head, to be the smartest person in the room. You will fail if you do that. Uh, you have to also lead with your heart. And by the heart, I mean you have to have a passion for what you want to do. You have to have a sense of compassion for the people you're serving, some empathy for your own employees, and you have to have courage. And those are all matters, John, that come from the heart. They're things you learn over time by experience. These are not things you're born with, Uh, Mm -hmm. compassion, passion, empathy, and courage. You have to learn those over time, but you do it, by working with people and being in the real world, and uh, and so I think today's leaders have to have the capacity. You know, they have to have the brain power to 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 make critical decisions. But the leaders I've seen fail did not fail because they weren't smart enough. They failed because they couldn't lead with their hearts, and I
0: think that's key. Yeah, there are plenty of very intelligent, capable people. Um, now, obviously, you do need to have you know a certain level of those kind of skills and competencies to, to find success in a really complicated, messy, uh, you know, world. But like you said, there's, there's not a shortage of smart people. There is a shortage of value based people. Um, And some of the smartest people I know, like just brilliant people, like IQs off the charts. They're also kind of the dumbest people I know because they, you know, they 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 get ca- too much caught up into their own genius uh, and their own intelligence. And because of that, they just start to miss stuff. They just miss sometimes very obvious things that are sitting right there in front of them in the form of members of their team, uh, comments and contributions that other people are making because they think they already know it all and have it figured out. Uh, so a good leader needs to not only be smart, but they need to be humble enough. They need to have the intellectual humility to constantly be pushing their own thinking and the limits of their thinking and surrounding themselves with really great people and not feeling threatened by success of other people, but actually feeling, you know, strengthened and emboldened because you have a really great team Um, that takes a level of, of maturity and security in yourself to be able to do that. And it takes a level of emotional intelligence uh, that raw intelligence doesn't necessarily re- uh, equate to right it, it's a different set of skills uh, and so unless we can foster the 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 self-reflective practices that will allow us to develop EQ and have that emotional intelligence, I think it's going to be really hard in the modern world of work and the future of work to truly drive success I mean we're we're talking about the the rate and pace of change is just accelerating so rapidly. Um, and what may have worked for somebody who's very smart and successful, what may have worked for them five years ago or ten years ago or most of their career may not translate all that well into the future unless they're willing to adapt and continue to create. And that's sometimes something we uh, a place we can get stuck in, partly just because of human nature, but also partly because of hubris and ego and people just getting too sucked into their own titles and their own prestige, right?
1: John, that is so well said. I think you should have written the book. I, I think you're, you're right on. <laughs> you got it. Uh, that's spot on. And so I, I tell people sometimes I offend my caliari visco. Everything you learn in school is irrelevant. You got to learn how to lead people right now on the spot. And you only learn by doing. And, you know, one of the things I'd point out today, unlike any period in my lifetime, my career, is that leaders today are dealing with multiple intersecting crises. Uh, You know, we have the highest inflation we've had in 40 years, a lot of it triggered by a war in Ukraine that Russia initiated. We have a global crisis because of that. And you can say, well, that's not relevant to me. Actually, it is. Just go look at the price of gasoline, the price of food or eggs, and you'll see how important supply chain disruptions. And, uh, you know, people can't hire. They can't get the people they want on one hand. On the other hand, uh, they feel like there's a recession coming and they don't know when it's coming. And so they are triggering layoffs. Look at Silicon Valley's laid off 150,000 people. Mark Zuckerberg just went through a second layoff. And, uh, you know, that's going to shake everyone up because a lot of people uh, don't know what that's all about. They've been able to get any job they want. And so the world is changing and leaders have to know how to deal with these Multiple intersecting crises is not just a nice, oh, I'm going to do my 10-year plan and stick to it. There's no such thing. You can't have a 10-year career plan or a 10-year business plan because you have to use the word adapt. You have to be able to adapt to rapidly changing circumstances. If you can't do that, you can't be a good leader.
0: Yeah, so the day of like a five-year strategic plan that gets revisited on the surface you know maybe once a year those days are gone um if you want to be relevant in the modern world of work and in the the modern economic landscape it's it's constant um and it, it, you know it's hard because on the one hand you want to be prepared you want to try to be strategic you want to look into the future look around the the edges and the look around the corner as much as you can but we don't have crystal balls. We don't know what's going to happen. But all we really can do is be as prepared as possible. Uh, and a big part of that preparation, I think, is just developing a culture of change agility and the ability within your team to embrace the changes as they come so that you're not facing the constant um, uh, resistance that, that's just so common you know, in human nature, but also just based on how bureaucratic structures are set up. they're They're set up to self-perpetuate. And so, regardless of the need around you in the external environment, bureaucracies will try to push forward as they exist and maintain the status quo just by uh, the the mere function of, of how bureaucracies are set up and exist. Uh, and so, you're you're facing human nature, you're facing um, the the bureaucratic structures, and ultimately, uh, together with those. Um, you have to create that and foster that culture of change agility so that people are are willing to to address these things and not get burned out from the constant rate and pace of change. Um, and, and it is hard. Like I, I'm not trying to to to, to diminish the, the the challenge that that can put on people. Uh, obviously, the last few years has been so hard on so many people, leaders included. Um, but it, it's the reality that we're in and we have to learn how to live within it. monetizing digital services since 2004 boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone awg where innovation meets monetization
1: you know you use the word change agility twice that is key have that agility to make those changes because there is this constant tension how do you take an organization that's highly bureaucratic and make it customer focused? make it agile and changes and how do you get leaders that actually want to listen not just go out and tell people what to do. And yeah, bureaucracies want to perpetuate themselves and we got to break them down. I had a vice chairman at Medtronic and one of his big assignments was to go and just break up the bureaucracy every time he saw it because you don't realize how hard it is for people to get things done in the front line. We need to focus on our front line people. We haven't done that as a society. We've been diminishing their compensation and their roles and narrowing them down rather than enhancing them. And, uh, you know, I think organizations today need to flip upside down and, and put the employees on top that we're serving customers instead of the, all the executives. And then all the role that everyone else is to support those frontline people. You think about any business you deal with. Think about an airline, a restaurant, a hotel, any kind of business you do business, a doctor. And they don't have the authority to get things done. You're just going to be frustrated. They have to be, yeah. that's your impression. You don't meet the executives. You, you never see the people in charge. And they are relevant. So frontline people. So I think organizations need to rethink because that's where the, give people then the, empower them, stop trying to exert power, empower them to make the changes they think are necessary to make
0: things work. Yeah, wonderful. So you've laid out a few examples of the types of, attributes and competencies and capabilities that the modern leader uh, needs to develop within themselves. Uh, And it starts with yourself. It starts with self-awareness. What are some uh, additional principles that are laid out in your book that you would like to highlight?
1: Well, I think everyone uh, needs to have a sense of accountability for their changes. They have to have this sense of adaptability, but then they have to be able to get people around them and listen. One thing, leaders have to do or be really good listeners. I had to learn that myself. I I, when I started out, I wanted people to do what I thought we should do and follow what I wanted to do. It's just the opposite. Day. You got to know how to listen, take those inputs, and then bring them into an integrated whole that fits in with your purpose, consistent with your values. And that's what great leaders do today. They're constantly adapting because they're out listening to people. They're out on the front lines talking to their people, talking to their customers. And uh, if they're not doing that, they're sitting in their office. We did a study at Harvard Business School. We found that 72% of the time executives are spent with meetings, with their direct reports and their executives. Uh, that's not going to cut it. 5% with employees, 3% with customers. That's a disaster. you got to be out there. If you don't want to do it, then you shouldn't be in the role. So I say one of the key principles, be out there and empower your people. Go into the production lines. Go into the labs. Get out in the front lines and talk to your customers and hear their needs and then respond to that and be agile and adaptive. And that's really key. Be And that really empowers people. Scientists love you to, to ask questions and challenging what they're doing. Uh, we found that true at Medtronic. Uh, Got to be out there. I was talking to the new CEO of Starbucks. He's out there all the time with his employees. That's key to the kind of culture you want to create. Unless you're there, you can't create it. So that's I think that's a key principle of be present, be there and be an empowering leader. Then you can inspire people around your company's purpose and find that congruence that you talked about earlier between the purpose, the values on the one hand and my personal purpose, because people don't want to work there unless they find think I can really make a difference here and then empower them to do it. Give them the opportunity.
0: Yeah, and. A lot of people talk about empowerment and how important empowerment is, but you mentioned something that's really key. (laughs) Before you can get to empowerment, you have to listen to your people. You won't know how to empower them unless you understand them, unless you know who they are, what their wants, needs, desires are, if you understand what motivates them, if you understand, you know, people and people change over time too. So it's not enough for me to you know, at one point in time, feel like I know where my person's coming from, uh, a member of my team, um, uh, because life stage impacts that, uh, you know, life events impact that career stage impacts that there's all these different th- components that can lead to a shift and, and what is it's going to take for someone to feel empowered and to have that mutual accountability and trust with members of your team. So you have to listen, you have to, you have to create mechanisms uh, for constant open communication and to listen carefully and be present and not try to project and assert your own way of thinking onto the people around you. You have to recognize as a leader in the modern world of work that you are not the expert anymore. You may have been the expert um, in whatever functional area, but when you move into a leadership role, now you lead people who are the experts. So that means you have to, if you're going to get cool stuff done, it's not through you, it's through them that will in turn make you look good because your team will do cool stuff. But unless you can empower them in a way that will resonate with them, those things won't happen and they won't be happy and they won't be engaged and they will eventually not feel supported and they'll leave. Uh, and that's just the the way of the modern world of work. Um, so listen carefully and intently be present. And that will then allow you to create that mutual accountability and trust in that relationship that leads to empowerment so that you can get the best out of your people and help them to maximize their potential.
1: John, John, one of the things we did, we introduced a new concept that takes this idea one step further called the leader is coach. So instead of you're thinking yourself as a manager, think of yourself as a coach. Think about the great coaches you've had. And it's actually an acronym. So part of listening is you have to show you care about people. Until people know you care about them, they're not going to follow you today. Then you organize them what we call their sweet spot. Where are they most effective? Where can they play to their strengths, not their weaknesses? And where they're highly motivated, that's their sweet spot. If they love their work and they're highly motivated and they're really good at it, they're going to be successful. And then your job as the leader is to align them around the, the overall purpose of the organization so they feel that sense of alignment around purpose and values. But, you know, this is not soft. It's about challenging people to step up. My my whole purpose as a leader Jonathan, is to enable people to reach their full potential. Well, I think I can say to someone, you could do so much more. You're not bringing us your best game. You can do so much more. I see potential in you. You're not delivering on. I'm going to challenge you to do that. And then finally, I'm going to get out there and help you do it. I'll work with you. I'm not just going to sit back and judge. The, the idea of the manager is judge and doing an employee evaluation. That's not what it's about. It's How can I help you? So that's the leader as a coach. And uh, I think if we had more great coaches out there and fewer managers, again, we'd be have a lot better leaders.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Bill, this has been a great conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute before we wrap things up for today. I just wanted to give you a minute to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Well, you can uh, find the book on Amazon.com or any site you want, major bookstores but uh and also i have a website BillGeorge.org, uh that's easy enough to find and uh also i'm on linkedin and facebook and twitter very active love to have you join me we've got some 350,000 followers so that's all good but more importantly i'd love to connect with you personally just drop me an email at bgeorge@hbs.edu and we can connect. But, you know, the final comment I'd really like to make that I think is so important is to lead with your moral compass To have clarity about who you are. And if you can be that moral leader, the world needs you to be that people that know what's right and what's wrong and follow that and doesn't try to cheat by getting ahead. Look at the frauds we've had, like Sam Bankman Freed and Elizabeth Holmes and Adam Newman, and all these kind of people thinking they, you know, they're God's gift of creation, you know, uh, it's really harming people, other people just be that moral leader that people look up to and say, yeah, I want to, I want to work with that person because they know who they are and where they're going what they're all about. And if you can do that, uh, the world will beat a path to your door.
0: Yeah. Well said. Thank you, Bill. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Bill and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support.